Praise the Lord. Would you turn with us to Scripture this evening that we've been looking at? The 103rd Psalm, I believe it is. Is that right? Those of you that have been here? 103rd Psalm. Praise the Lord. Everybody comfortable? Everybody happy? Glory to God. Good, good, good. Well, now it's time to eat. Amen? Amen. Eat. How many know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God? And what food is to your natural man, the word is to your spirit, your inner man. And you can be weak and starving spiritually, just like somebody can be weak and starving naturally. And the sad thing is, many, many, many Christians are starving. Because not just anything will feed your spirit. You know, just hype and hoopla won't feed your spirit. And just men's ideas. And just men's words won't feed your spirit. It's only the word of God that will feed your spirit. Amen. Can you tell when your spirit's been fed? Can you sense it? I'll never forget. uh, Actually, it's in my uh, late teens. I got a hold of some things, some good teaching on faith and some good teaching on redemption. I'd been saved since I was uh, 12. But I'd never grown because I hadn't really been fed. Now don't misunderstand me. The people that I was with and the church and the group I was with, they loved God. And they were helping me the best they knew how. But they didn't know some things either. And we, a lot of things that folk do is just ritual and just tradition. You know, just what people are used to. And I began to feed on some of these things, and man, something began to happen inside me. I began to feel different. I began to be stronger. I began to see things differently. Instead of just laying down and saying, well, I guess case hurrah, hurrah, whatever will be, will be. I begin to say, hold up here. This is not the will of God. I'm going to claim one of these. I'm going to believe for this. I'm going to stand against this. I'd never been like that before. But thank God I begin to be fed, and so I begin to grow. How many thank God for the Word of God and know that you're at a different place now than you were because of feeding on the Word? We began, what was it, uh, two services ago, two Fridays ago, a series that we're calling The Works and the Ways of Jesus. Prior to that, we did a series called Truth or Tradition. And uh, yes, uh, people being fed is a priority here, but also I believe the Lord is laying the foundation for the church. Because after all, I mean, what we want is to be like Him. My ideal is that this church would be just like it would be if Jesus was ahead of it, the pastor. Amen. I'm not claiming that I've arrived at that, but that's what I'm shooting for. Amen. Shoot for anything less is to have your sights too low. And how many know that that's what you want to be like in your job or in your profession? You want to be it and run it and have it and be the kind of mom or dad or be the kind of a boss or employee that Jesus would be if he was in your place. Yes. Amen. How many understand that's the greatest example, that's the greatest victory, that's the greatest witness that you could be and or have. So to that end, the Lord led us to begin this series, and we are looking at Jesus. we got our eyes on Him, 
And we're, uh, I asked uh, those that are hooked up with us here to begin reading a chapter a day, Monday through Friday, out of the New Testament. So we began, was it two weeks ago, uh, reading Matthew. So we started on chapter 1 on Monday. And so Monday through Friday we read 1 through 5. Next week we read 6 through 10. This week we read 11 through 15. Is that right? Who read your chapters? Let me see. Put your hand. All right. Good. Like you get a star. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm getting blessed out of this. Man, I, I've gotten new light and revelation. Things I hadn't seen before. It just made me want to shout. I just had to stop reading and go, glory. I've seen and I want to run tell you, but I can't tell you all of it. I have to stay right here. We don't have time. We're not doing a verse by verse study. We're not studying all the things Jesus taught. What are we studying? His works, and we're particularly emphasizing His ways. Have you found Psalm 103 yet? In Psalm 103 and verse 7, Psalm 103, 7 said, He made known His ways to Moses and His acts unto the children of Israel. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts, or we could say his works, to the children of Israel. Now it is just a Bible fact and a fact of life and reality that a whole lot of God's people never learn his ways. They know what he did and a lot of people just look at Jesus as a historical figure like Abraham Lincoln or whoever, you know, just... Yeah, Jesus, and he did this, and he did that. But we as Christians understand that Jesus is not only our substitute and our sacrifice, he's also our example. And we're supposed to live like he did. So many Christians put Jesus' life and ministry in an unattainable category. And they'll say, yeah, but now that was Jesus. And he could live that way, and he could do that way, but I'm not Jesus. And not realizing that the scripture calls us and requires us to walk like he walked. Anybody remember 1 John 2, 6? He that says he abides in him ought also even so to walk even as he walked. Well, if he said that we're to do it, that means we can. I said that means we can. Can we walk like Jesus? Can we? That wasn't everybody. I said, can we walk? Yes, Yes, we can. Somebody said, yeah, but now Jesus was sinless. I know. Thank God we have the blood. Amen. And so you can be sinless tomorrow. What are you talking about? I've made all kinds of mistakes. I have too, but they're under the blood. I said, they're under the blood. And if I messed up today, I can hit my knees and ask the Lord to forgive me and stand up clean. Stand up clean and innocent. Like Jesus. Amen. Amen. And pursue being like him and acting like him. And no, like the great apostle Paul said, he said, I don't count myself to have arrived. What do you mean? At total Christ-like perfection. Nor do we. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and pressing and reaching forth toward those things that are ahead. Amen. 
I reach and I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is the bullseye? What is the prize? It's being just like Jesus. Everybody say, he's my hero. When I grow up, I want to be just like him. Going to be just like him. All right, okay. Not just want to be. Going to be. Huge difference. Amen. So if you realize that you got off track and you did something that was totally un-Jesus-like, don't lose your victory, don't lose your joy, repent. And then get back after it. Amen. Put your eyes back on the prize. Go after it again. Now we read, like we said, chapters 11 through 15 of Matthew this week. And man, there's some great things in there, isn't it? Anybody enjoying that besides me? Come on, let me know. You Are you getting anything out of this? How many think it's good to just put that much attention on one passage of Scripture? It can help you, can it? Something as I prayed about this, what we were to look at this week, we talked about uh, the plan of God and how Jesus emphasized that. We talked about the protection of God. What did we talk about last week? Anybody remember? That's right. Authority. Somebody said authority. How did Jesus operate? He operated in authority. And we noticed that many, many, many times when there was a, what's the word? There was a crisis. There was a problem. He didn't pray. Now, he was a man of prayer. Sometimes prayed all night long. A lot of times got off early in the morning and prayed. Got away from people and prayed. But again, when storms arose, when there was a tremendous sickness to deal with, when there was a demon problem to deal with, again and again, we see he did not pray. I understand a lot of times when the trial, test or a traumatic thing, crisis comes up, it's not time to pray. It's time to act. Amen. And we see that in those cases again and again, he wasn't praying, he was saying. And don't say, well, yeah, but now, brother, that was Jesus. He could do that. He's the Son of God. Yes, but he didn't operate as the Son of God in the earth. Philippians 2 said he laid aside his mighty weight and glory and became like other men. Leaving us an example. He didn't live in life with an unfair advantage to us. He didn't do something as God and then say, now, you got to do it. And we're not God. No, he became man and operated as man. And we can do what he's led us to do. So when there's a storm of life, when there's a, we saw him rebuke wind and waves and fever and sickness and problems. Should we do that? If there's a big problem in our life, what should we do? Speak against it. Amen. Tell it to stop in Jesus name and expect it to. That's how he operated. That was one of his ways. Let his ways become your ways. In fact, just pray it out loud right now. Lord Jesus, Jesus, open my eyes. eyes. Help me to see see your ways. ways. I want want your ways ways. to be my ways. ways. Your priorities to be my priorities. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. Now, the passage that I want us to deal with tonight is from Matthew 13, but I don't want you to go there. I want you to go to Mark 4. This is Mark's account of what we read in Matthew 13. Same happening, just Mark's account. 
And because of some detail that's in Mark, I want us to uh, to look at it tonight. Mark 4. And we're just going to read a number of verses here, and then we're going to get into some things that is one of the greatest truths that we could even talk about tonight. And one of the biggest parts of the ways that the Lord Jesus and God the Father operate. In Mark, the fourth chapter, we'll just begin in verse 1. Mark 4, verse 1. He, Jesus, began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered to him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the birds of the air came and devoured it up. Anybody ever planted a garden or a field and seen that? Birds come swooping in, eat the seed up. I have. And uh, some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. Now that's typical of uh, Branson territory. North Arkansas and such, isn't it? If you look this up, he's not just talking about big rocks uh, standing in the soil only, which is what you got here too. But he's talking about a little bit of soil and up under it's rock. Well, roots can't go down very far. They go down this little bit and they hit that rock. And that's what he means by stony ground. It had not much earth, shallow earth, and immediately it sprang up. It came up quick because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Now, is Jesus just talking about gardening, or is he talking about something else? Something Something very important with our life. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no fruit. Has anybody ever seen that? Somebody didn't get out there and weed. Somebody planted something, but then they just left it and let it grow up. And it choked out their tomato plants. It choked out their bean plants. But other fell on what? Good ground. And it yielded fruit. It sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100. Is that true? Are there cases where you, I mean, when you plant a bean, do you get a bean back? How many beans you get? Hmm? A good wheat harvest is 50 fold or so. A good corn harvest can be 300 fold. How many know when you plant a seed, you don't just get a seed or three or four seeds? You get multiple, 30, 60, 100 fold, more. The miracle of multiplication of seed. And we're around it all the time. You know, it's all around us. It's so much a part of the fabric of life, we take it for granted. But friend, this is miraculous when you think about it. Isn't it? It's miraculous. You take a little seed, little bitty thing, and you put it in the ground. And it dies. It dies. But out of that death of that seed. 
comes a new life. Glory to God. And it begins to put roots down. And there's a sun up there above ground. And that little seed begins reaching out for that light. (laughs) And it just keeps pushing. And it just keeps reaching. Doesn't it? It believes. It can reach the light. And it pushes through the obstacle. I mean, you think you have to push through some stuff sometimes. What if you were that big? (laughs) And you had to push through dirt clods this big. But it keeps on pushing. And even though the progress may seem very, very small, it keeps on, it keeps on, until you see a little bit of leaf sticking out of the dirt. Isn't that right? We're at the time of the year where you're seeing it all over the place, right? And then you see a blade. And then you see a stalk. And then you see an ear. And then you see a full corn. And it's not just a kernel or two. You got many, many kernels and several ears with many, many kernels. It's a miracle. It's amazing. It's life. It's increase. It is God's way. Amen. It's his way. And Jesus is using this to teach. And he says, verse 9, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. See, a lot of folk are not interested in all this. They think you're silly for being out at church on Friday night. But how many would rather be here than the best beer joint around? Huh? Me too. People don't understand what we get out of coming and reading the Bible and praying and praying. They think we're just trying to be holy. Now, when you do it right, we actually enjoy it. If you don't enjoy church, you're not doing it right. If you don't enjoy reading your Bible, you're not doing it right. If you don't enjoy praying, you're not doing it right. Because when you do it right, there's life in it. There's a life you can't get anywhere else. There's a peace. There's a joy you can't get anywhere else. Amen. And people don't know it. But God is the ultimate partier. It's true. And nobody know how to party like God. You know what he's getting ready to do? He's getting ready for the party of the ages. Right now. Read the scriptures and see. In the Old Testament, he commanded his people at least three major times a year to come party. Read the scriptures. He told them, bring an offering, come, eat, drink. Don't be sad. Rejoice. Give me thanks for I mean, and they did, man. They partied. You know, I uh, one time the Lord asked me a question. I don't mean I heard an audible voice now, but inside me I was studying and reading and praying about some things. And the Lord asked me, he said, do you know why I chose Israel as my covenant people? I said, well, you know, there's seed of uh, Abraham and there's a number of things in covenant. He said, yes, but with some characteristics, why I chose them other than all those other tribes and other, all those other nations. There's a number of reasons, but there's one I want you to see. I thought, Lord, I don't see it. Help me to see it. He said, they are expressive souls. I thought, hmm, never thought about it like that. But I mean, you read the scriptures. If they were mad, 
You'd know about it, buddy. Is that right? I mean, they'd scream, they'd yell, they'd strap on their sword, and somebody's going to die. Is that right? If they were sad, they didn't just go over in the corner and go, hmm. They ripped their clothes, put dirt on their head, and yowled. And when they partied, they partied, man. I mean, there are times it says you could hear them shouting miles away. The ground shook. From, I mean, when they partied, they partied. And I thought, God, you like that? He said, I like that. When I bless you, I want you to say something about it. Let the redeemed of the Lord be quiet and reserved and go, well, that's just not me. I'm sorry, Brother Keith, but I just, that's not me. I grew up reserved. And I'm sorry. I, I praise the Lord in my own quiet way. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't go in for all this hand waving and lifting and this loud thank you Jesus. No, that's those people are kind of extreme, fanatical. I just don't go for that. Well now, who are you talking about now? You better read your Bible again. Hmm? Who was it that danced before the Lord with all of his might? A man that God said was after my own heart. Hmm? Who were these people that, I mean, is it the man's idea or does the scripture say, shout unto God with a voice of triumph? A loud voice. The scripture says numerous times. Make a loud noise on the instruments. A joyful sound. I mean, when God blesses you, don't just sit there and go, well, okay. I, I appreciate that. No, no, just when it rises up in your spirit, express it. We need to learn this, not just with God, but with everybody. Amen? Amen. When somebody's blessed you and they've done good for you, don't just choke up inside and say, well, I really like you. <laughs> Get free. Amen? Man, you blessed me. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They told you something you didn't know. Tell them. Man, I didn't know that. I hadn't seen that. I don't know what I'd have done if you hadn't come by and picked me up. I don't know if you hadn't prayed for me. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Don't be choked up. There's nothing manly about it. It's nothing... You know, intelligent about it or intellectual. People say, well, I'm just reserved. Are you sure you don't mean bound? <laughs> and I'll just go on with that. All right. Let me keep reading it. Mark 4. You remember that? Mark 4. Right back here. Mark 4. Who help me out here, Lord. Mark 4. How did I get into all of that? Jesus is talking about sowing. And reaping, seed time, and harvest. And he said in verse 13, they asked him to explain to them this parable. And notice verse 13. This is so significant. Jesus said to them, Mark 4, 13, Know you not this parable? Don't you understand this? And how then will you know all parables? This must be the granddaddy principle. Mustn't it? He said, if you don't understand this, How are you going to understand all these other things? Because all of creation 
and all of the kingdom of God operates on this principle. Every answer to prayer, every need met in your life, every goal you want to reach. I didn't say most of them. I said every, every. You won't always hear me use such all-inclusive terms, but I can do so boldly tonight because it is the truth. Anything that you want in your life, you need to be thinking about this. Seed time and harvest. Amen. Amen. Sowing and reaping. It's always been that way. Nothing, I mean, every tree that is around here, how did it get here? Hmm? There was, I mean, before there was a pine tree, you know, God put it there, but he put it bearing seed after its own kind, and there would never been any other pine trees except for the seed. How come there are cows around? Hmm? Every cow that you see on the side of the road was because there was a cow seed. Right? Is that right? It was first a cow seed, and then there was a cow. How about tomatoes? Did anybody eat any vegetables today? Where did they come from? Seeds. Every one of them. And how come you here? Huh? Seed. Everything. And why is there a church? Jesus is called the seed. Amen. And you and I are also called seed. We'll look at some things a little bit further. But friend, God made the creation from the beginning. In fact, let's just turn back there and read it real quickly. Hold your place in Mark 4, but in Genesis. First book, first chapter. Front of the book. Genesis 1 and verse 11. Genesis 1, 11. God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. People act like it's a really mystical question. What came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken. Ain't no mystery about it. Amen. What came first? You know, was there a baby or a seed or human? No, God created Adam and Eve. And then there was seed. Amen. There was human seed and there's vegetable seed and fish seed and bird seed and on and on and on and on. But God created the thing first. But he created it. Now think about it. This is God's way. God is God. He has the power to create. But instead of continually creating new fish and new animals and new trees, what did he do? He created it with seed so that it would be self-perpetuating. Well, that's wisdom, isn't it? Now that is God's way universally, not just with natural things, but with all natural things and with all spiritual things. Everything works that way. If you're wanting a harvest of something in your life, what should you be thinking about and looking for? What if I want a healing harvest? Have you thought about it like that? If I want a harvest of healing, what does that mean? You want healing to show up in your body. How, what should you be thinking about? 
I need to find some healing seed. Right? And get them planted in my life. What about confidence? What about boldness? I need to find some confident seed. Is there such a thing? Can you find such a thing? Yes, you can. How about prosperity? How I'd like to come out and get ahead in my life. Then you ought to be looking for some seed. Amen? Plant good seed, good ground, take care of it, and what will happen? We're going to have everything produces after its own kind. You plant tomato seeds, you don't get beans. You get tomatoes. Keep reading. What did he say? Verse 12. The earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. It was good. It still is good. It will always be good. It is the best way to operate. God ordained it that way. That's the way everything works. And that's the way it's going to continue to work. Go back to Mark 4, please. Let's keep reading. Jesus interprets and explains this parable to them. In verse 15, he said, The sower sows the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately like those birds do. And he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, in this parable, what is the seed? Hmm? Verse 14. The sower sows what? So, words are seeds. Aren't they? It help you to think that way. It's not the only thing that are seeds, but it's the most important thing. Words are seeds. Do you know that the scripture is very, very strong about the use of our words. The scripture tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And that we shall give an account of every idle word that we speak. Now that just bothers some people. They don't even want to think about it. But that's not it. The reason why it's so serious is because they're seeds. And you can come by and just be talking a bunch of stuff off the top of your head. Not thinking maybe Tom here is going through a rough time with something. And he comes by and tells me about it. And I just say, oh man, yeah. You know, I know somebody else that went through that. And then they're dead. (laughs) They didn't make it. And what am I doing? Or I tell him about something that doesn't cause him to be encouraged. It causes him to be discouraged. He was trying to believe God and he decides just to give up. Well, see, I I sowed some seed into his life. Now, here's the thing. He didn't have to let it in. Did you hear me? But if I did say it and he did let it in and it caused him problems, then I'm going to be responsible for that. Even though I thought, well, all right, I didn't mean anything by it. Yeah, but it meant something to him. Hmm? You know, the Bible likens words to arrows. The Psalms in two or three places talks about words are like arrows. The proverb says that the tongue of the wise is health. But there is that speaks like the piercing of an arrow. Well, you know, somebody gave me a compound bow years ago. And these razor tipped arrows. Well, these things are lethal, man. And what if I came in here today and I was mad? 
And I wasn't looking at anybody. I just came in here and I'm stomping around. And I grabbed me in the air and I went, I'm so mad. Boing, 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 boing. I'm really mad. Boing, boing, boing. And I cool off and I look up and <laughs> there are people sitting there with an air and they go, oh, they're bleeding. And, and I go, oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shoot you. I wasn't aiming at you. Yeah, but you still shot. Who's responsible? I shot you. Friend, that is the way when people get hot and they shoot off their mouth. Did you hear me? And they just say, and people think it's okay to just blow off steam and then go, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Yeah, you've already shot though. It's not okay. I said, it's not okay. We are to get, when we realize how powerful our words are supposed to be in this earth, we'll get a hold of our mouth. Amen? And we'll make up our mind, I'm not going to say anything that would hurt your faith or discourage you or pull you down in any way. Didn't the scripture say, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Amen. Make up your mind. I'm going to be an encourager of the brethren. I'm going to only sow good seed. That's it. When you hear something come out of my mouth, it's going to encourage you. Amen. That's it. I'm going to plant some good seed. I'm going to tell you that you can have anything you can believe for. I'm going to tell you, amen, that God's a good God. You can come up. I know when I first started believing for aviation, it looked so impossible. I came, you know, from Mississippi. We came up poor. Nobody I ever knew had an airplane. And it just seemed ridiculous for me to believe that I was going to get one. And the Lord had dealt with me on this first airplane. He said, don't, uh, he said, you can't borrow money on this one. I want you to just stand and believe me for it. You sow seed and just stand. I didn't say it was wrong to borrow, but that's what he told me to do on this situation. So man, that made it look even harder. Pay cash for an airplane. And man, I, you know, we struggled with that and, and worked on that. And some of the people I talked to, they just blowed holes in it. They did. Cause you know, not only that, but I made the mistake of telling someone, the Lord had put it in my heart to right away get a jet, a mid-sized jet. Well, that sounded even further fetched. And I made the mistake of telling some people that had a lot of experience, and they looked at me and they said, like, can you fly? You got your licenses and stuff? I said, not yet. <laughs> you want to be in a jet within a year or so? I said, mm-hmm. And they told me how crazy it was. And they told me how ignorant it was. And if I just wanted to kill myself and everybody that was with me, you know. And how I probably, no way I could do it anyhow. How many years it would take. If you had all the money and all this stuff. Finally, I quit asking most people. Because they was trying to sow bad seed into me. I didn't want that seed. I didn't let it in though. I said I didn't let it in. Them telling me I couldn't do it. I didn't let it in. And thank God our good friends of ours, Mac and Lynn Hammond up in Minneapolis. He and I, I was flying with him. We were riding in the back 
on a deal, and he's been a pilot for many, many years. And I, I thought, well, I'm going to talk to Mac about it. So I told him what I had on my heart, and I am so glad. He looked at me, and he said, Keith, you can have anything you can believe for. Anything. Now, I know he knew what a stretch it was, because he knows aviation so well. He knew what a stretch it was. In just two and a half years, I was flying captain on a mid-sized jet. I got a type rating at 400 hours. I don't know if you know anything about that, but that's not much. Glory. And I always remember people like that when everybody else is saying nay. I never forget it. Him looking me in the eye and he knew how, you know, unreal it sounded for me to try to do this. But he just looked me in the eye and said, you can have anything you can believe for. God told you to do it. You just go for it. Amen. And I did. I let that seed in. I said, I let that seed in. Amen. Is it true that all things are possible to him or her that believes. Well then let's go around sowing seeds. Sowing miracle seeds. Amen. And if somebody tells you something that's beyond your faith, beyond what you've been believing for, don't you shoot it down. Don't you say anything that would discourage them. If it's beyond, if you think it's too far for them, just bite your lip and go, well, brother, you can have anything you can believe for. Right? If they're out beyond you, then so be it. Right, but don't discourage them. Say it out loud, I am an encourager of the brethren. I only sow good seeds, seeds of faith, seeds of encouragement, seeds of edification and comfort. Hallelujah. That's all that comes out of my mouth. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to turn with me to two scriptures real quickly here. Man, this is so big. I can't possibly cover it all in one night. But I can give you another couple of things that will really set your mind on a vein I want you to get to right now. Uh, Which at John, the 12th chapter, I believe it is. And then uh, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians the ninth chapter. We were just there not long ago. Let's actually look at that one first. Second Corinthians 9 again. And then we'll go to John 12. We said to you that the scripture, and I'll just give you these for time's sake. Uh, in Galatians, the Bible talks about that the seed of Christ, that Christ is the seed of the covenant, the seed of the kingdom. He's how this whole thing got started. Amen. He was the first one to ever be born again. Amen. He was planted in the earth. Isn't that right? And he died. But he didn't stay dead. Amen. Out of his death came resurrection. And in the Bible says of 1 Peter 1.23. That we, you and I, are born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Amen. Have you been born again? How did you get born again? You heard something, didn't you? You heard something in person or on the radio or TV or that you read from a book or 
or in church or whatever. You heard the gospel. You heard the truth that Jesus loves you. He paid the price for your sins. If you believe on him, you could be saved. You heard that and you let that seed get into your heart and life. You believed on it. Amen. And it caused new life to come up in you. You're born again of resurrection life. Well, now here's the great thing. Every word of God is seed. Amen. Not just the verses that pertain to being born again. Every word of God is seed. And every one of those seeds produces after its own kind. If I want a healing harvest, can I find any healing seeds in here? Is there seed in here that will tell me that God heals? And that I can be healed. Hmm? But what if somebody tells you that and you don't believe that? Well then it's like the hard ground. It never got in, right? And even if you let the seed get in, you can let worry and care and fear and all these thorns live stronger than that and choke it out. And even though you let the word get in. If you don't meditate in it and stay in it day in and day, I don't mean just studying 24 hours a day. I'm just talking about you think about it, you talk about it. Then when the heat comes, and it will, you may it may not look like it, it may not feel like it. There's persecution, there's resistance. Well, then a lot of people give up. So they never see a harvest. Oh, but the people that receive it and keep it. Amen. And water it. And hold on to it. You may not see it in a week or two. Some things you may not see in a month or two. Some things you may not see in a year or two. But this seed is incorruptible. It cannot fail. And if you'll water it and keep watering it and keep taking care of it, you'll begin to see a blade. Hallelujah. Then you'll begin to see an ear. You'll begin to see a stalk. And even though it started out as small as a mustard seed, it can grow till it's a tree that fills your whole life with fruit on every branch. And it started as a word you heard. Man, if people really believe that, we couldn't hold the folk in here tonight. I mean, they'd be rushing the place, wanting to get some precious seed. Somebody, give me a seed, give me a seed. Amen? I can get it in my heart. Start this harvest to come. Glory to God. Everybody say precious seeds, the words of God. How many believe every word, every word of God has life in it? Amen. And is able to produce a harvest after its own kind. Every seed. In 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. 2 Corinthians 9, we read verse 8. But let's keep on in reading verse 9. He says, as it's written, 2 Corinthians 9, 9, He's dispersed abroad. He's given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Now he that ministers what? Ministers seed to the sower. What if you have no seed? What if you feel like, I got nothing. I don't have anything to get me started. Will the Lord give you some starter seed? Will he? Yes, see, well, I have seen this. Man, I got so many good testimonies I keep thinking about. You want to hear one from this past week? Man, we've had two amazing things happen just in this past week. 
One of them, and I don't know if I'd just call this super amazing, this one, but this one really fits here. This, this, I was teaching on Jesus being too much, God being too much. And she hadn't had a job, this lady. And uh, we had an offering. It was kind of a special offering. And I gave a big offering then that night, and, and a lot of people jumped in on it. And she said the Lord dealt with her to give $25. Well, that was a lot for her. Like I said, she hadn't worked in some time, and she was trying to find a job, and she was, you know, struggling. And she kind of wrestled with that in her heart and mind, but she went ahead and did it. She gave that $25. Just one hour after she sowed that, a lady found her and gave her a car. She was pretty happy. She was pretty happy. I was walking out. This was a big place. I was walking out, and this lady spied me from about 50 yards away. She began to scream, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, Brother Keith. She'd come running and screaming. And I thought, what is it, sister? She said, he ain't going to believe this. I said, I believe it. I'm a believer. And she told me, oh, she was happy. Glory to God. What if she hadn't sown that seed? You see, everything produces. She needed something in that area. She sowed in that area. God gives what? Seed to the sower. I don't care if you are flat busted. I don't care if you are so broke. You got nothing. You can ask the Lord right in here tonight. Lord, give me some seed. Give me some. But now when it comes, don't eat it all. What's seed for? For sowing. He gives seed to the sower. He that ministers seed to the sower. That he both minister bread for your food. And, everybody say and. And And multiply your seed sown. And increase. How many like these words? Do you like multiply? Do you like in, I like it. I like it. Multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You do have to eat some, right? You have to spend some. But do you understand you're not supposed to eat it all? You're not supposed to spend it all. You're supposed to sow. Yes. And I'm not just talking about sowing to the church. You're supposed to sow to the church. You're supposed to sow to ministries. But you're also supposed to sow just to other people. Amen. 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 But in John 12, notice this. Everybody say, seed to sow. Seed to sow. Bread, to eat. Bread to eat. Amen. John 12, 24. Jesus is speaking, John 12, 24. He says, verily, verily, I say to you, except a corn of wheat. Now, we'd say seed. We'd probably say kernel over here in Missouri. Kernel of wheat. Now, usually when they're talking about wheat, they're talking what we think about wheat. Sometimes when they say corn, they're talking about what we would call wheat. But a corn of wheat fall into the ground. Unless it falls and dies, it abides alone. You just leave a seed laying on the counter. That's all it will ever be. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. If it's sown. There is no increase without investment. This is true in every area of life. Every. You need to invest on both planes. You need to invest spiritually and you need to invest naturally on both planes. Spiritual is first. Your natural investments won't be blessed like they're supposed to be unless you invest spiritually. 
Now, I read this years ago, I got a book that was out of print. An older minister, a friend of mine, he told me about this. And I read it. And it blessed me tremendously. This happened in 1940. A man by the name of Perry Hayden up in Tecumseh, Michigan, was a good Quaker man. And he was in the services, and the preacher preached on this scripture right here. John 12, except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. He got a revelation. He thought, how much is much? He was a businessman. He was into farming and some other things, into wheat farming. And he thought, how much is much? Much fruit. No doubt it was the Lord who put this in his heart. He got it in his heart that he's going to take one cubic inch of wheat and he's going to sow it in the ground and make a commitment to the Lord that he's going to tithe off of it. In other words, 10% of what he gets, he's going to give to the church and the Lord. And then he's going to plant the rest of it back in the ground. And he's going to do that for seven years. So he did. You want to hear about it? The first year, he took one cubic inch of wheat. Now that ain't much wheat. There's over 2,000 cubic inches in a bushel. There's only 360 seeds in a cubic inch. And he planted it in a four-foot by eight-foot plot of ground. That's all the ground he needed. Four-foot by eight. Well, the season came and went. And he reaped a uh, 50 cubic inches off of it. Now, the value of that seed was way less than a penny. And his harvest was worth nine cents. But that is a 50-fold return, isn't it? He sold one cubic inch. He reaped 50. Well, his tithe was five cubic inches, less than a penny. So he gave his tithe. So next year, he sold the remaining 45 cubic inches into a 24 by 60 plot of ground. That's a big increase. And the harvest that year was 70 pounds. 1.16 bushel, almost $5. The tithe off of that 70 pounds was 7 pounds. It was almost 50 cents. Now this is back in uh, 1942, you remember. And so the third year, he sowed 63 pounds into three quarters of an acre. And that year he harvested a thousand pounds. His tithe was a hundred pounds. Six and a half dollars. He gave to the church. That year was a bad harvest. It's too much rain. And uh, the birds got some of it. And the horse that he used to bring it in ate some of it too. <laughs> But how many know just because you have a bad year, that ain't the end of it? Is it? Just because you have a bad month, somebody said, well, boy, we're having a bad year. Well, the year ain't over. Is it? 
I mean, an amazing month can make a year. So the fourth year, he sows 860 pounds on 14 acres. Now, just three years before, he's on a four by eight plot of ground. Now he's up to 14 acres. That year he harvested 380 bushel, 22,000 pounds. His tithe was 37 bushel, which was $150. Year five, he sows the rest of his seed. He sowed 321 bushel on 230 acres. That year he harvested 5,500 bushels back in 1940 worth $20,000. And the tithe was $2,200 to the church that year. The sixth year, he's just up now to year six. He sowed the rest of it. He sowed 5,000 bushels on 2,666 acres. That year he harvested 72,000 bushel, which was $300,000. Tithe to the church was $30,000 in 1940. They stopped there because he couldn't find enough land. (laughs) He didn't make it to the seven years. Because, I mean, the year before was 2,600 acres. And he couldn't get enough land to do his experiment another year. In six years, now listen to this guy, in six years, 360 kernels had become 55 billion. Why? Two reasons. Two reasons. One, he tithed off of it. And God blessed it. We are told that his increases, they compared his harvest to the other farmers all around him. And his was 14 times greater than the other farmers around him. See, God has proven this thing out for him, wasn't he? Hallelujah. 360 became 55 billion. He went from a four by eight plot to 2,600 acres. Two reasons why this increase. First of all, it's just the miracle of the seed. Amen? But then we also said that, you know, he's tithing. And then secondly, anybody know the other secret? He sowed the entire remainder. Now you can't sow it all. You got to eat some. You got to live on some. But do you see a secret here? Do you see a secret here? I mean, we know that's true in the natural. If you want to get ahead, you don't spend all your money. You need to invest some. Right? Well, does this work in the kingdom? Yes, it does. I said, yes, it does. And if we're smart, we'll be making investments. Making investments into people's lives with good words. Making investments into churches and ministries and mission outreaches with our funds and with our stuff. Amen? With our time and our prayer. Sowing good seeds. And if you're smart, you'll pour as much as you, the more God blesses you, you'll just pour as much of it as you can back into the things of God. And eventually you'll get to the place where even a small portion will meet your needs. You ever read the book of Mr. R.G. Letourneau? He 
was the man that invented, he put the rubber tires on the bulldozers and uh, the earth movers and stuff. He really, God gave him a lot of ideas in these areas. He developed all this heavy, heavy earth moving machinery. He had whole, after a while, he had engineers, had all this education. They couldn't figure something out. In the nighttime, God would give him a dream. And he'd come in there and draw it out and they'd go, that'll work. God's smart. How many know God understands bulldozers? He, and he made a commitment. He was going to be a missionary. But the Lord dealt with him, no, I want you to be a businessman for me. He said, well, okay, but you've got to be my partner. You've got to be the head of this thing. And he said, Lord, I commit to you, I will tithe. I will tithe off of my business. I will tithe off of my personal. Yes. And he did. But as the years went by, he increased that percentage so that he's given 20% and, and living on 80. After several years, he was given 30% and living on 70. See, he's doing this principle. He's pouring as much as he can back into it. After several years, toward the end of his life, he was given 90%. And living like a king on the remaining. I know you can live pretty good on 10% of 5 million a year. I mean, back in the, well, along in this area, 40s and 30s and 40s and 50s, man had airplanes. He had, he'd go down to South American countries and ship all this heavy equipment, build roads, build them a church, build them a school, and then just give it all to them. Living like a king on 10%. Amen. Amen. How many believe in the power of the seed? How many believe in the miraculous, multiplying work when you sow a seed of any kind in faith? Won't you stand up on your feet? Let's act on something here. Don't be afraid. I'm not going to take an offering. (laughs) Though it'd be a good time, it wouldn't hurt a thing. (laughs) But that's not what I got in mind. Glory to God. I do have in mind that we search our hearts. How many would like to come up to higher levels of increase in every area of your life? How many would like to be in a position of strength that you could do things for people? Amen. And for your folks and for your kids and for the church and for missions and amen. And for people all around about you. It don't come by wishing. But it comes by putting God first. Amen. Comes by sowing seed. I want you to lift up your heart before the Lord and pray this prayer after me out loud tonight. Father God, I believe in your creative power. I believe in sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. And I ask you, give me seed in every area to sow. Show me the seed of your word. In every area of my life, show me where to sow, how to sow, how much to sow, and I will do it. I will sow. I will invest into people's lives, into ministries, into your things. And as you multiply it back to me, 30-fold, 60-fold. A hundredfold and even more. As you do, I won't eat it all. I won't keep it all. I won't spend it all on me and mine. I'll sow it back. And greater measures. And greater amounts. And greater investments. Greater offerings. 
and get all the glory to yourself. Hallelujah. Get all the glory to yourself in Jesus' name. Praise God. Put your hands up, why don't you, and thank Him for bringing us up and teaching us how, leading us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.